It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Farm Talk with Dairy Gold. Post Calver Gold, your trusted feeding partner for your dairy herd this spring. On C103. Hello and welcome to Farm Talk. I'm Barry O'Mahony. Tagus Water Quality Week has just finished and the topic generated huge interest. We hear some of the issues which were raised in this week's webinars. There's a report just released by Irish Water on drinking water quality in County Cork and the effect of pesticide exceedances. Food business owners across South and West Cork are being encouraged to sign up to a newly announced and free sustainable food programme which gets underway next month. Cork County Council is backing a new initiative, enabling people to enjoy the wide range of benefits from growing food at home. This week, there's more from Cork Macra about the 70th year anniversary celebrations. And John O'Connor has more on the stories making the agri-news this week. Farm Talk on C103. Progress being made on Ireland's application for BSE negligible risk status has been welcomed by the Minister of Agriculture, Charlie McConlogue, TD. He said the recent announcement by the World Health Organisation, OIE, that its Scientific Commission for Animal Disease has concluded that Ireland now fulfils the requirements to be recognised as having a negligible risk for BSE. Minister McConlogue said two further steps are of course needed before this status is officially recognised. Firstly, a 60-day period within which all 182 member countries of the OIE may request any information substantiating this decision should they wish to do so, and secondly, that the proposal would receive a a favourable vote at the General Assembly of the OIE in May 2021. Responding to the announcement by the Minister of Agriculture, the IFA President Tim Condon said the Minister must now redouble efforts to secure an immediate return of Irish beef to the Chinese market. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Tagus Quarter Quality Week has just concluded and was organised in collaboration with the Dairy Processing Co-ops and Local Authority Waters Programme. Tiagisk and its partners discussed water quality-focused information and advice to farmers to help minimise losses of nutrients, sediment and pesticides to water from their farming practices. The Agriculture and Food Development Authority also launched the Environment Edge podcast, a series which will focus on challenges and opportunities in agriculture. It was launched on World Water Day as part of the Water Quality Week. In Monday's episode to coincide with World Water Day, Jenny Deacon, EPA Catchment Unit Manager, joined presenters Cahill Summers and Deirdre Glynn to discuss the past, present and future of water quality in Ireland. 
Also on the podcast, Pat Murphy, Chagisk's Head of Environment Knowledge Transfer, explained why he thinks farmers are up to the challenge of improving water quality and the research now being done in this regard. Uh, on the research side, and I suppose primarily through the Ag Catchments Programme, we're looking at the causes, uh, the pathways of of water uh, of issues that cause water problems. And over the last number of years, I think we've learned a huge amount about how farming impacts on water quality. And I suppose that other element of, of that is then looking at, at those impacts and looking at how we can uh, reduce them in a cost-effective manner. And that's the main uh, thing that a, a research is trying to do. And then advisory, uh, on the advisory side, we have the ASSA program, which uh, yourself and, and Deirdre are, are, are working in. And there we work with law pro, work with industry, uh, to, uh, in identified priority areas for action and to work with farmers in those areas to I- identify and resolve issues that uh, relate to water quality in, in those areas. But secondly, uh, in relation to the work of ASAP and the broader work, it's, it's integrating uh, water quality issues into the broader advisory service. And that's something I think which has ramped up massively in the last couple of years with the realisation that water quality is now an issue that we really need to solve and, and really need to solve rapidly. And we do that through uh, working with discussion groups in education programmes and creating that link right across the advisory service to make sure that water quality is on the, the, the top of the agenda. And I suppose thirdly then is the whole area of, of education and education both for established farmers and for, for young entrants. And I think one of the key things there is to develop an understanding of how water quality can be impacted by farming, to, to understand the principles underneath it. And, and then if you understand that, you can then have uh, a, a possibility of implementing changes that will re- reduce it. So I think we work effectively across those three areas. And Pat, um, as you've just detailed, there's an awful lot of work going on in Chagask in terms of research and dissemination to promote good science and good practice in the agricultural sector. What are the biggest changes that you've seen in Chagask in the last 20 to 30 years in our focus um, on reducing the agri-sector's impact on water quality? I suppose if you, if you went back 30 years ago and you, if, when you heard about water quality and farming, what it was was in a, every day or every week in the news, it was word of a, a fish kill or, or a, a pollution incident. And I suppose what happened first was a concerted effort to deal with those issues with farmers and, and government, I suppose, investing heavily in, in facilities and assisted by, by advisors. And then after that, we had, I suppose, the introduction of, of the Nitrates and Water Framework Directive, which brought a regulation around the the use of nutrients, which dramatically cut the level of nutrient use and and improved uh, uh, nutrient efficiency. And I suppose, uh, in general, over the last 20 years in particular, we've had a huge increase in the understanding of the issues around water uh, water quality, uh, about the dynamics of the, the of nitrogen and, and phosphorus and how, how they have an impact, but also in terms of, of our information about individual river catchments and the issues that, that each one of them has. I mean, we have a huge amount of, of yeah, information there. And I suppose in the last four or five years, 
we've just had a massive increase in the focus on 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 water quality and i suppose right across irish the industry in ireland is a determination now to resolve the issues of of water quality and that's driven at one you could say at at eu level but it's also heavily driven now at national government level and industry uh, dairy industry and beef industry have fairly heavily uh, come in behind it with an understanding that we can't continue to to produce without cognizance of of uh, improving water quality so i think the final change then i think over the particularly in the last 2 to 3 years has been the attitude of farmers and i think we are seeing a massive shift in the acceptance of farmers that there's a problem there and in the determination of those farmers to actually do something about it. Pat Murphy, Tiagas' Head of Environmental Knowledge Transfer. The Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine has announced the closing date for the 2021 nitrates derogation is now extended to April the 14th. Farmers who applied for a derogation in 2020 are reminded that they must submit fertiliser accounts by that date as well. The derogation is contingent on meeting water quality standards and these measures are designed to protect water quality. The applications can be submitted online by visiting agfood.ie or farmers should contact their advisor to determine if they should avail of the facility. The Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConnell, announced funding of half a million euro to support water quality in group water schemes, drinking water catchments. Irish Water, meanwhile, released a report on drinking water quality in County Cork and in particular the presence of what's referred to as pesticide exceedances in the supplies. John O'Connor joins me to discuss the report and its implications for health, although it seems to downplay any immediate threat. A cause for concern, certainly, but cooperation and appreciation of the problem by the population in general could mitigate the threat now that it's been traced, identified and quantified. Pesticides in several drinking water supplies in County Cork, to quote the headline on the Irish Water Press release, Staying with the report and the summary of the risks to human health, how dangerous are these pesticide residue levels at the moment? So is there an immediate threat to human health? It's a five-page report and the final paragraph headline reads in Irish Water's own words, quote, What risk does this pose and what is the response? Irish Water themselves summarises, they say, the levels of pesticides we are detecting in Cork County drinking water supplies from our monitoring programmes do not, that's emphasised, do not pose any immediate threat to health. For example, the allowable limit for MCPAs in drinking water is 7,000 times lower than what the WHO World Health Organisation deemed to be a lifetime health-based limit. So, John, that's part of the final paragraph of the report, but I understand Irish Water outlines their responses to the pesticides and drinking water findings in terms of offering a solution. Yes, their response, Irish Water's response, is summarised in the second part of the report's final paragraph, and to quote Irish Water... Irish Water strongly believes the key to reducing pesticide levels in drinking water is to prevent them entering the aquatic environment in the first place and to inform the general public of the correct and safe use of pesticides. A national group called the National Pesticides and Drinking Water Action Group, 
NPDWAG has been formed that will take action to address pesticides and devise and deliver various awareness raising and educational campaigns. This group has members from numerous state bodies and organisations including the EPA, Environmental Protection Agency, Department of Agriculture, Chagask, local authorities and Irish Water. End of quote from the final summary paragraph of the Irish Water Report. More on the report from Irish Water on their website. Now the report specifies the different types of pesticide residues which are found in several Cork County drinking water supplies and the locations of these supply points. The locations of many of these affected supplies would be easily identifiable by listeners in the respective localities and catchment areas. A few of the pesticides detected were glyphosate, MCPA 24-D, triclopur, fluoxapur and mecoprop. The water supplies for these pesticides, it should be stressed, in minute quantities but nonetheless in exceedance of desired water quality levels were in Bantry, Glanmire, Glashaboy, Glengarriff and McCroom plus multiple lesser-known watercourses and river catchments from which drinking water supplies are abstracted. All of the listed waterway tributaries, no matter how small, are vulnerable, the report points out, to runoff from land. Irish Water asks users of any herbicide or pesticide product to consider the vulnerability of the water supplies to pesticide contamination and the importance of these supplies to the local homes and businesses in their own community. But the report has a special reference to the positive input that our farming listeners can make. Well, a very special ask from farmers, greens keepers, ground keepers and domestic users to please consider in each case whether they need to use pesticides at all. Minimising pesticide use not only helps to protect water quality, but also has wider environmental benefits. For example, leaving areas unsprayed can help native flowering plant species to grow and also support a range of insects, including bees and other vital, valuable pollinators. A third of Ireland's bee species are now threatened with extinction and by helping the bee population survive and thrive, we are also helping to protect our own precious water sources for human consumption. More information on practical ways to help bees and other vital pollinators at the following website. All Ireland Pollinator Plan www.pollinators.ie All lowercase size letters. So to conclude, John, Irish Water accept if a listener feels they have to use pesticides, that steps can be taken to reduce risks of potential damage to the environment and ultimately our drinking water supply sources. You have the checklist. Never fill a sprayer directly from a water course or carry out mixing, loading or other handling operations beside a water course. Do not use pesticides if rain is forecast in the following 24 hours. Read the product label and follow application instructions. Be aware that pesticide products containing MCPA are not approved for use in weed wipers. Comply with any buffer zone specifications outlined on instructions or local authority regulations or legal requirements. More details at the Irish Water website where the full report is available. Farm Talk on C103. 
When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine say they can identify, by satellite imagery, lands which have been burned after 1st of March. Analysis of the relevant satellite imagery indicates that several hundred hectares have been burnt across the country since 1st of March. The terms and conditions for the BPS basic payment scheme and other area-based schemes make clear that such lands are ineligible for payment. The department point out where land has been burned between 1st of March and 31st of August, it's not in a state suitable for grazing or cultivation and therefore is not eligible for the remainder of the year. The department is also commencing ground inspections in areas identified through satellite imagery to carry out further checks in these areas of burnt land. The burning of vegetation is controlled by the Wildlife Acts. It's an offence under Section 40 of the Wildlife Act 1976, amended by Section 46 of the Wildlife Act Year 2000, to burn from 1st of March to 31st of August in any year, any vegetation growing on any land not then cultivated. Individuals who are found to burn vegetation within that prohibited period are liable to prosecution by Gordonshire Corner or by the MPWS National Parks and Wildlife Service. The Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine point out they have no role in regard to prosecutions. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Food business owners across South and West Cork are being encouraged to sign up to the CCAT partnership CLG's newly announced and free sustainable food programme which gets underway next month. The programme's been developed with small, medium and artisan food producers in mind and aims to educate and empower businesses in various areas where they may be experiencing challenges around sustainability. It'll run from April to November next with a break across July and August. The closing date is Monday the 5th of April for participants satisfying the qualifying criteria. Places are limited and business owners are encouraged to log on to ccad.ie forward slash food to register. To find out more, we're joined by Dr. Declan Bogan, co-founder of SUSTUB, 
and Chief Executive of Innovate to Zero, one of the partners involved in rolling out the training programme. The programme is uh, designed and dedicated towards the uh, small, medium and artisan food producers in the south and west Cork areas. And it's really taking what is best practice, what is the latest thinking, what is the uh, practical uh, approach to how companies it's sort of in that in that sort of food space, food production, food solutions and beverages space. And, you know, what, what, what can they do and what you know, at a practical level to address the, the requirements of sustainability, uh, how they can sort of use their, the, the assets they have in their business, their engagements with their stakeholders and their customers and suppliers to really rethink and, and, and be this positive influence on, on, the, on the planet as well as sort of having a good business in that regard. So it's not losing sight of we still need to have a good business, but how can we put a sustainability lens uh, sort of in it and on it in what we do and how we engage in that space? Interestingly enough, uh, Barry, with the announcement from the government of a net zero ambition towards 2050, we need to embrace this new sustainability thinking in all businesses. And equally play this applies to the food industry, uh, food businesses sort of across the country, as well as south and west. So I think the, you know, the more knowledge uh, companies have and individuals have in those companies to actually, how do we transition and how do we uh, sort of use this as a lens to rethink sort of everything that we do in our business. It's applicable really at all levels in a business, but really it starts at the top. So business owners those tasks with driving the strategy in the direction of their businesses where it starts. But it trickles down right down to the individuals that are buying the products. So the, the people that are in procurement in, in the materials that we use to produce our products. It is in how we distribute those products. It is in the waste that we generate and sort of how we engage with those suppliers. So really it starts at the top with a vision and a direction that our business owners and senior leaders need to set for our businesses. But equally so, then that trickles down into the people on the ground that have to actually have to do the work. So it, it is targeted at both, as I said, vision makers and people who are sort of setting the direction, as well as those that actually deliver on that direction. So it is actually applied and applicable to all. There is some eligibility criteria for anyone interested in applying. They have to be registered as a food producer. They have to be uh, trading for a period of no less than six months. They need to be in within that operational area of South and West Cork. And so the, all the information is up on the, the CCAD uh, website. And they also need to commit to a company representative attending each of the 10 modules. Now, it doesn't have to be the same person. So some of the uh, modules might be more specific to different parts or different individuals in the business. So you can send more than uh, sort of the one person, a different person, to each of the different uh, modules. So if you're doing something on sustainability, the what and the how, it might be more senior person. But if you're getting into more climate change and measuring a carbon footprint, it could be somebody down in the operation side of things. So again, the different modules might be more applicable to different parts of your business. There's 10 different modules, uh, Barry, uh, covered in the in the program. And they're delivered, just as, 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 uh, as, uh, to, to add into the conversation, they're delivered by three different organizations that have expertise across a variety of different areas in the world of sustainability. That's SUSTUB, which is uh, the business that I'm, uh, uh, I'm involved in with my colleague Brian O'Kennedy, 
There is the Clean Technology Centre, which is actually based in Munster University, Technology University, I should say. And then there's Change by Degrees, which is uh, Tara and Madeline, and they're based out of Kinsale. So we have local representatives, and then Brian and I are sort of uh, more up on the East Coast. And how do you roll it out then, you know, over the time frame, April to November? We've been working closely then with Tanya in CCAD to find out what, what would be the best approach. We've been running a number of training programs over the last year, and Obviously, with the nature of where we are, with uh, everybody working from home, or a lot of people working from home, that we will be online. It won't be in class. So it, uh, and we know that the capacity for people to watch Zoom or to do training online, you know, is capped at about two and a half, three hours. So each module is about three hours long, including a small break. Uh, it's online, so we sort of uh, we would, these will be recorded. So there'll be opportunities then for. For, for, for reviewing it sort of again afterwards. The, there's a set of, uh, there'll be pre-questionnaires where we'll actually use some of the content in the design of the content for the, uh, the various module delivery. Sort of throughout the module delivery, we will have various exercises, opportunities for conversations, opportunities for sort of dialogue and asking real questions of this is what's impacting on my business and how can I uh, think about this differently. That's the module piece. There is, in, in addition, Barry, there is times included uh, on the module, but sort of uh, afterwards for one-to-one mentoring. And in addition, there will be site visits planned as soon as COVID-19 allows us to do these things later on in the program. So we will be running five modules in April, May, June, and five between September, October, November. But interspersed will be potential mentoring sessions and site visits and opportunities, again, within those modules, within those uh, sort of the, the, the site visits to, to network with other businesses and to, and to learn from others. So it's a mixture of online learning, mentoring, and site visits to sort of to the best in class. The closing date for the applications is looming. People do need to act now, so maybe it's no harm to remind them when they have to have that application in for. Ideally, if you get your application in before the end of next week, would be would be super. Uh, if you don't want to sort of spend your time working on the Monday, uh, filling out an application. So the 5th of April, uh, Monday the 5th of April is the closing date, which is Easter, Easter Monday. Dr. Declan Bogan, co-founder of Sustub and CEO of Innovate to Zero, one of the partners involved in the rolling out of the training programme, which will get underway next month. It's been reported that New Holland are planning to complement their range of diesel tractors with a methane fuels model, the T6, utilising farmyard animal or crop waste. Mr. Mark Howell, New Holland's Global Product Manager for Alternative Fuels and Telehandlers, believes the New Holland T6 complementary tractor opens up considerable new possibilities for dairy farms in particular, capturing and storing sufficient fuel from a 100-cow herd to drive the T6 for several hours. Compared to using a regular New Holland diesel-powered tractor, a number of extra attachments for storage of the farmyard animal or crop waste would be necessary. While emissions from a purely methane fueled engine would be only a minuscule fraction of that of the cleanest diesel engine, there would be constraints on the suitability for sustained ploughing or mowing, it's understood. A detailed review of the new Holland farm waste power tractor by Justin Roberts is carried in the Tuesday 23rd of March 
2021 issue of the Farming Independent Supplement. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Farm Talk on C103. An option for a new beam reference period has opened. The Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine has advised farmers and their advisers the facility to select a later 12-month reduction period for BEAM, the Beef Emergency Aid Measure, is now available at the following website, agfood.ie. Farmers have from 19th of March till Monday 21st of June 2021 to select the later 12-month reduction period of 1st of January 2021 to 31st of December 2021, if they so wish. Minister McConnell said farmers and their advisers are reminded that the reference period of 1st of July 2018 to 30th of June 2019 remains the same and that participants will still deliver the 5% reduction amount. The new reduction period will only apply to those farmers who opt to apply for the change. Those farmers currently on track to meet the 5% nitrogen reduction targets can use the original reference period ending 30th of June. Ms McConnell reminded farmers that the department's BEAM bovine nitrates calculator is available online at agfood.ie and is currently being updated monthly. He encouraged participants to utilise the full range of tools available, including the monthly letter to each BEAM participant outlining their individual progress to date on achieving the 5% reduction and to engage with their advisor. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Tagusk advisor Michael Burke joins us this week and our topic covers the recently launched organic farming scheme and other schemes that beef farmers can avail of at this time. This morning we're discussing the much talked about beam scheme. But first, advice for beef farmers on how to manage grass and perhaps increase their utilisation of grass at this time. Of course, the first thing I'd recommend my clients and farmers out there to do is to get out and walk their farms. Um, there's massive variation out there within paddocks within the one farm. So again, I'd encourage them to get out and walk. They must try and estimate how much grass is out there so that we can try and get our second rotation started there around the first week of April. This may mean speeding up the rotation by grazing low to medium covers, or it may mean letting out more stock if there's still stock inside. Uh, we had a group meeting there during the week by Zoom, and everything is done these days. So there seems to be massive variation out there. There's some farmers about to start their second rotation and there's more farmers out there with little or no stock out. But uh, it's a big battle for us every, every year, this time of year, Barry, to try and encourage farmers to get cattle out of the yard. The been a problem where there's bales left inside. They're inclined to leave the cattle in until the silage is gone. But look, we all know how high-quality feed grass is and how cheap it is. So the aim for every farmer out there should be to maximise the amount of grass grown on their own farm and utilise as much of it as possible. Secondly, Barry, the target here is to try not to let the average farm cover drop too low. Uh, we'd be saying not to let it go below 550 kilos of dry matter per hectare. So to those farmers who aren't out using a plate meter or a quadrant measuring grass, an average fist, and I suppose averages can be the end thing to use, but an average fist really would be saying it contains about 500 kilos of dry matter. So that's just a guide for farmers if they're not actually measuring grass themselves. And finally then, I just uh, encourage farmers to spread fertilizer according to their soil samples if they have them. Look, it takes the same amount of time to spread a ton of pasture soil as a ton of 18612, so it's important they're spreading the right fertilizer. And they should be also spreading fertilizer in accordance to their own demand, their own stocking rate. Again, the Chavez fertilizer recommendations there would show that if you get to the national average farm of one livestock unit per hectare, this farm only requires six ton of dry matter of grass per hectare, and this can be grown by using only 30 units of nitrogen per acre which is quite a low amount of fertiliser. 
whereas if you use a higher stock net of two livestock units per hectare, this farm needs 12 tonne of dry matter, which will require 120 units of nitrogen per acre. So it's important for farmers to know their own stock and rest and to spread the fertiliser accordingly. Recently, Michael, we've been hearing much about the BEAM scheme, where farmers have to reduce their stock numbers by 5%. Has there been any updates in relation to the scheme? Yeah, I suppose, look, this is the scheme that keeps on giving, Barry. The original reference period uh, was the 1st of July 18 to the 3rd of June 19. Uh, that was the reference period of farmers are asked to reduce their organic end figure by 5% on. So up to recently, the, 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 the reference period was the 1st of July 2020 to the 30th of June 2021, whereby farmers had to reduce their by 5%. Uh, thankfully, there's a bit of a change in that, where now farmers can defer that reference period for to the 1st of January of this year to the 31st of December. Uh, 2021. So that's a that's a major relief to a lot of my clients anyhow in particular because there's a large share of farmers out there who just would not make 5% by the 30th of June this year. So basically what I'd be encouraging farmers to do is to get onto Ag Food, uh, log in, uh, contact their advisors if they need help with this, get on, click the button to defer the 5%. Even if a farmer thinks that he's reduced by 5 or 6 or 7% even, I would still recommend they take this button because it's a bit of a safety net. They make the five percent cut well and good. The department will accept it in the June, and by taking the button, they're giving themselves the opportunity. If they don't make it, at least they're getting a second chance. Whereas if they don't take that box, they're in trouble. If they have the five percent cut made by June, so look again. I'd be just advising farmers to get onto food login details and contact your advisor if they need to to do this for them. Uh, tick that box because it's a safety net for them. And I suppose, again, there's a lot of farmers getting letters down the last few days because my phone's been hopping all week anyhow. The department have uh, released updated figures in terms of their projected figures for the for the farmers who are participating in BEAM. They're actually uh, taking account now of the dates of birth of animals, which is a major help to us because up to now uh, there was a lot of guesswork going on. So now the department has the, the dates of birth um, factored into it. Obviously, we can't factor in for the calves that are ready to be born this year. But animals that are on the herd, the department have taken account of their date of birth, which is a major, major help to us. Look, some people might say these improvements are coming very late in the day, but I tell you, they're very, very welcome. Chagask advisor Michael Burke. Michael will join us again in Wednesday night's programme. We will talk about the other schemes that beef farmers can avail of at this time, as well as the recently launched organic farming scheme. The government's extending the €2 billion Euro credit guarantee scheme applications process until the end of the year. Businesses, including farming and fisheries, can access low-interest loans with 80% coverage by the state. However, just under €215 million has been drawn down, which is around 11% of what's available in total. Irish Farmers Association says the extension will ease many fears, but the eligibility criteria hasn't been properly explained. Rosemary McDonough, National Chair of the Farm Business Committee, says if individuals have been 15% impacted by COVID, they qualify. And there are many reasons to do so. If you wanted to purchase breeding stock, as in dairy cows or heifers or beef cows or heifers, if for somebody who wanted to purchase machinery and equipment for the farm or to carry out some small scale farm investments, and if you wanted to upgrade grazing infrastructure, as in receding, drainage, fencing, improving roadways and water systems on the farm. That is enough to justify the eligibility criteria that they can self-declare themselves, that they feel they've been 15% impacted because of COVID, because they didn't go ahead with the plan of the slight increase or the expansion that they talked about doing. So, you know, we're trying to get that message out there that it is a self-declaration and that it is that if you were 15% impacted by COVID, you do qualify for this. 
It's claimed that a collapse in the global wool market price has resulted in shearing of sheep becoming a costly but vital welfare task on sheep farms. IFA National Sheep Committee Chairman Mr Sean Dennehy said the return from wool does not justify the additional work for farmers associated with packing and presenting wool for sale. Sean Dennehy said shearing of sheep has now become a significant production cost on farms. This situation was unacceptable, but of course he understood that shearing on welfare grounds must occur to protect the health and welfare of the flock. Wool, he pointed out, was a natural, sustainable and environmentally friendly product. Greater use of sheep wool should be encouraged and its true value recognised. He recalled that €100,000 in funding had been committed to in the last budget aimed at studying the situation regarding disposal of wool and development of potential wool markets. Mr Dunahy said the IFA would be engaging directly with Minister Pippa Hackett and department officials to progress the issue. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Farm Talk on C103. Welcome back. Winter Natira has warned of hidden elder abuse scams linked to COVID, which are being targeted at isolated farming communities. Farming Independent this week reports as lockdown continues, rural organisations say the impact of loneliness and financial worries is increasing. Meanwhile, Irish Rural Link says demand for its meals and wheel service has more than doubled since last summer. Winter Natira is set to host a series of webinars on issues relating to the elderly in rural Ireland over the coming weeks. It will also launch a new community befriending partnership with Alone Ireland to address elder isolation concerns. Irish Rural Link is in talks with the HSE on formalising the coordination of its Meals on Wheels service. Horse Racing Ireland has announced a new initiative designed to stimulate and fortify Irish thoroughbred breeding, racing and sales. The scheme will award a bonus of €10,000 to owners of Irish bred winners of 150 selected races across the Irish Flat and National Hunt programmes, which can be redeemed at bloodstock public sales in Ireland. The racing and bloodstock industry has faced unprecedented and simultaneous challenges in the past year in the form of COVID and Brexit. HRI says the storm cannot be weathered by inactivity. Only recently, Cheltenham shown the quality of horse bred in Ireland and their performance on racing's biggest stage. Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConnellogue, has congratulated Irish racing on its outstanding successes at the Cheltenham Race Festival. Cork County Council is backing a new initiative, enabling half a million people across Ireland to enjoy the wide range of benefits from growing food at home. Grow It Yourself is being run in partnership with Healthy Ireland and Libraries Ireland and will be supported by 25 library branches across County Cork. GIY is designed to help the nation eat well by inspiring and supporting people to grow some of their own food. Cork County Council's library service will distribute over 800 seed packs countywide. Anyone joining up will receive regular emails with growing support, video clips and ideas on how to grow it forward. People can register for a Grow It Forward pack at giy.ie and further information is also available from your local Cork County Library at corkcoco.ie. Karen O'Donoghue of GIY, a Cork native, can tell us more about the initiative. It's such a simple idea, okay, because it's just all about getting some growing kits into the hands of people and recognising that a time when, you know, a year 
now we've all had to stay so far apart from the people that we love dearly. It's a way of connecting through food. So we can't sit down and have dinners and have barbecues and have celebrations, but we can grow it forward. It doesn't matter whether you've got loads of space out the back. We at GIY know that everybody can grow something somewhere and we just want you to start and then pass it all on. Yeah, super simple. What type of growing are you talking about there, Karen? Now, what are you encouraging people to grow? Yeah, so we decided when we were picking the seeds um, for Grow It Forward, they needed to be ones that we had really tried and tested, that they were ones that would grow, obviously, at this kind of time of the year, you know, because it needed to be seasonal and relevant, but also that people could grow in containers or indeed the ground or a raised bed or whatever you're having yourself, because it's not a one size fits all, um, as, you, as you can know yourself, Barry. So there's five packets of seeds that go out with each Grow It Forward pack. You may not like all of them, and that's grand, because you can pass those ones on to your friends and family. But we've beetroot, carrot, little bit of a diva, needs some fine-tuning when it comes to the soil that it's going to grow in, but really, really worth it. Salad leaves, like, what a joy. And peas. So when was the last time you saw fresh peas for sale? anywhere and then of course tomatoes um again a little bit hard to grow definitely needing some additional heat a little bit of extra tnc those guys love water but so 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 very worth it and so we've got as well as those packets of seeds very the, the help and the guidance both in terms of a printed resource that comes out in the envelope and an invitation to sign up for loads and loads of DIY content as to what to do when and how. And, and share, share your story, good, bad and indifferent, because somebody somewhere will have the answer. It should inspire and, I suppose, encourage people to connect and get in touch, family or friends, see how you're doing, swap, learn by your mistakes probably even, Karen. 100%. And, you know, we were really, really clear um, when we were talking about the campaign and how we were going to make it work and, speaking with all our friends and the brilliant people people at the libraries Ireland, because they're, they're our partner in, in this. The messaging is still, like, stay at home, listen to the advice, let's all keep doing what we're told. I know it's like our heads, hearts and souls are wrecked, but just hang in there. Get the packaging in the post and connect with your family and your friends safely, okay? So whether you reallocate the seeds into different little mini packs and you post them on. That's what a beautiful gift to get in the door. It's delivered by on plus a little bit of a seed kit that you then pass on. We've got gorgeous little labels in there as well to make it feel really special. Or you decide, okay, you're just going to embrace a sow-a-thon. Um, this is peak sowing time, so you're just going to be the queen or the king of sowing and take responsibility for all of that. And when the beautiful seedlings come up and you feel they're safe enough and hardy enough to be able to leave at a door, do a kind of little bit of safe drive-by seed delivering, <laughs> seedling delivering. Or, you know, why not set up a table at the entrance to your estate or at the crossroads or by a sign or outside your community centre or whatever is safe and realistic and a beautiful sign saying, help yourself. Like, how gorgeous is that? And finally then, Karen, how do people get involved? What do they need to know? Two things. The first one is, quick fast because they are going way faster than we thought <laughs> which is a lovely lovely thing go to giy.ie and on our website you will be able to either register for a free pack yourself you need your your postal details obviously and we get one out to you quick fast you'll automatically be signed up 
for the help and the advice and the tips and the how-to and, and whatnot. Equally, if you already have seeds at home and you'd still like to take part, we'd just love to hear from you and you can just sign up to get the the, the info and the guidance yourself. Or every single one of the 330 libraries across Ireland, including the 19 that we have in Cork, are part and parcel of Grow It Forward. So you can contact them directly. They are clearly closed at the moment, but you can still contact them by phone or by email. We have DIY virtual welly boots on the ground with some amazing librarians and who are ambassadors for the campaign there. They'll also take your details and get them sent out to you by post. And sure, you can, you know, contact them to borrow other resources. They have an amazing array of books. The, the two GIY books are available as e-books so that you can borrow them digitally. And listen, come one way or another, come hell or high water, as the fellow says, we will do our best to get seeds and seed know-how into your hands and into your heads and, and encourage you to grow it forward. Karen O'Donoghue of GIY on the Grow It Forward initiative. Cork Mockra is celebrating its 70th anniversary this year and a very special celebration is taking place. Ashling O'Keefe has this latest update for us on Farm Talk. Cork County Mockra are hosting our 70th anniversary celebrations via Zoom on Friday, April the 23rd at 8.30pm. Unfortunately, with COVID this year, it's going to be virtual celebrations. However, we're going to make the best of it. There's going to be live music on the night, a chance to talk to people who you would have met down through the years in Makra, and a look back at all the fun times had in Makra over the years and events that clubs and regions got up to. It is open to all past and present Makra members. The link to register can be found on Cork County Makra's Facebook or Instagram page, or you can email CorkCountyMakra at gmail.com for more information. If anyone has any memorabilia they would like included on the night, make sure to send it on via email or on social media. We're also selling hampers to enjoy on the night for €35. These hampers are going to be made up of food and drink from a wide variety of Cork producers and the intention is that they can be enjoyed on the night during our virtual celebrations. If anyone would like to order a hamper, make sure to do so by Monday, March the 29th to avoid disappointment. They can be ordered via the Zoom registration link on our social media pages. We're really looking forward to the event and hope to see many familiar faces join us on the night to celebrate 70 years of Cork County Mockra. Ashling O'Keefe there of Cork County Mockra. Thanks to John O'Connor for co-producing and contributing to the Farm Talk programme again this week. I'm Barry O'Mahedy. Thank you for listening. Farm Talk with Dairy Gold Calf Milk Replacer, offering a wide range of calf milk replacers to suit your calf's needs. On C103. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. 
seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.